some mic'd up on the call-in app. This is a, a new experience for us, but we hope you guys enjoy it. We were letting the room fill up a little bit, see if we can get some more listeners in here before we get started. Uh, but very excited to be on the call-in app. I, I think this is going to be a really good adventure for us all. Uh, like I said before, uh, if you were listening to the podcast, we really enjoyed the aspect of radio where we got to interact with listeners and they could send us a a message and say like hey you guys should talk about this this just broke in news you should talk about that uh, which was a really cool aspect of it and now partnering with Colin is going to bring that back for us but also uh, keep it real with the podcasting part uh, I feel like most of the people in this room probably know me and are familiar I've got a little bit of a potty mouth uh, sometimes so maybe we'll try to rain back on that a little bit but I think it's still going to stick true uh, today I know big country and I are going to talk a lot about college football uh, we had the college football playoff rankings last night we have Brian Kelly moving to LSU Lincoln Riley to USC I feel like I could talk about that for days but we're also going to get into big country's power rankings and, and a lot of other stuff I've, I've had so many people also ask me over the last couple of days about the senior bowl you know we've tweeted out stuff about the senior bowl what it's like, what you need. And I feel like people ask us this stuff every single year. So going to get into some of that as well. But as I'm always joined by my man, Big Country, PC, welcome to the show, buddy. Hey, thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Everything you said, though, is exactly right. And getting to do this on the call and I'm very excited to do this and partner with them. I think it's going to be awesome, especially with our guy, Brooks, old producer Brooks. What was he? The stats and research department. Brooks Gwynn, uh, who I see in the room, and some 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 familiar faces and some new ones too. Uh, but let's do get started right here with the college football playoffs that we had last night. Or sorry, the rankings come out last night. It, I think it went as I expected. Uh, I think with Michigan having a good game against Ohio State, I was not surprised at all to see them jump up in the rankings. Uh, but Georgia stays at number one where they should be. Michigan comes in at number two. Alabama comes in at number three, and then Cincinnati stays right there at number four. I like it. Uh, like I said, that's exactly what I thought and probably what I would have done myself. I was a little bit surprised to see Michigan at two, but they played well. They beat Ohio State and Alabama struggled against Auburn. So I, I think that's going to happen. But I like the way that it's setting up. I think a lot of teams still have a lot to play for, though. Two of those teams being Oklahoma State and Notre Dame. Notre Dame, I just don't know. I, I've had so many people ask me over the last couple of days, like, what's going to happen with Notre Dame? And they even talked about it last night uh, that Coach Brian Kelly leaving Notre Dame definitely changes things. And I, maybe I'm wrong. I 100% agree with that, though. I think when you're looking at the college football playoff rankings, if we had a guy like at Cincinnati, if Desmond Ritter gets hurt, he's very important to that team. If he's hurt and he's unable to play in that game, that changes things. He goes into the rankings, of course. Yeah. Get that better than anybody. Yeah. I mean, with. But, I mean, I think that is a solid point because when you look at Notre Dame here, the rest of their season, like, yeah, I, I, here's my question to you first off. Is is a team, it can answer in two ways. They're either going to be fueled and just living because their coach left them and they're hearing the, the praise and everything they were given to the new U.S., the new LSU squad, or they just kind of crumble. Which one do you think we see out of Notre Dame here? Um, I think that's a really good question. I, I think with, with Notre Dame, I like the fact that they named Marcus Freeman their interim head coach. I think he, he's going to be very good. And I do think that there is going to be a little bit of a, like, a, oh, there's a chip on our shoulder now with Notre Dame. The problem with Notre Dame is, and the problem that has always been with Notre Dame, you don't have a conference. 
So you're not playing this weekend. You don't have that opportunity to showcase what you can do again. You have to sit there and wait and hope that now quite a few teams lose in front of you. Yeah, you have to hope right, somebody's going to lose between Alabama and Georgia. The problem is, though, it gets so confusing here. But if Alabama wins, they're going to stay in the top four, obviously. But so is Georgia. And I think I think they would actually just flip-flop spots. And Alabama would probably go to one if they win this weekend. Georgia would go to three because they don't want to have a rematch of one versus four. They could. But what I think is going to happen this weekend, I do think that Georgia is going to win that football game. And I, I really like Alabama. I respect what they do. I think Nick Saban's one of the greatest coaches I've ever seen in, uh, in sports. I've said professional sports. It's not really. But when you're throwing out $100 million contracts, it's like, eh, it kind of, yeah, it kind of is. But I, uh-huh. I do think that with Alabama, if they lose, they probably drop out of the top four. And I think that makes a really good spot for a team like Oklahoma State, who still has their head coach. And still has all their players healthy. And if they play well this weekend, I think they could fight and get away into this top four. So I know that we have like a week left. It's Wednesday. All these games happen on Saturday. There's still so much that could happen. That I mean, you really can't say for certain like, oh, these four teams will get in because of the Alabama-Georgia matchup. I, I mean, that's going to be huge. I've cleared my schedule for it. I mean, I'm definitely tuning into that one. I would anyway, but there's so many implications here with college football playoff. And what's going to happen there? I do think it looks very good for Cincinnati. But one thing that we did talk about is what happens with Luke Fickle. Because Notre Dame is without a coach right now. And there are two really good candidates to take that job. Or at least that's what the the rumor mill sounds like. One of those guys is Marcus Freeman, the defensive coordinator at Notre Dame already. And he's going to be the interim head coach there. He's leading practices. He's pretty much, this is a live interview for him. How well do you do? This week, and we'll see what he does, what he does in the bowl game. But for Luke Fickle, I also think that this is interesting because they might have to wait him out. He's not a guy who's leaving early. This is not a Lincoln Riley situation with Luke Fickle. He wants to be there, and I think he's going to stay. I think that he plays, this team plays very well. I think they also might be a candidate for a let's rally around our coach because we might lose him. And all those guys are seniors, too. We're going to talk about the Senior Bowl today, too. They have six guys going to the Senior Bowl. I don't even see stuff like that out of, like, you do, like, Alabama. But even a lot of their guys are juniors. You don't see very many teams send six guys to the Senior Bowl, the marquee bowl uh, for senior college football players. So I I do think that they can rally around that. This is their last dance. I, I know that, like, people haven't been talking about it as much. Uh, but it is. Uh, you're losing your quarterback. You're losing a pass rusher. You're probably losing, you know, one of their best players is um, Ahmad Gardner, the cornerback. He's not a senior, but he's another one of those players. He's going to be a first-round pick. You're losing him as well. So I think there's a lot to play for, obviously, with Cincinnati. And I like the way it's setting up for them. And I'm very interested to see who they get matched up with. I kind of want to see – I want to find a way where they get in and they're the number three seed, and they play Michigan. Like Cincinnati and Michigan? Yeah, Cincinnati and Michigan as the 2-3 matchup, I think would be very good. I, I would also take Cincinnati in that game. What, no, I'm crazy, though. Really? <clears throat> I think I like Cincinnati more than most people do. I'm full on the Michigan bandwagon. Though. You are. Like, Texas is done for this year, so it's like, okay, hey, 
is all Michigan. Wolverines, let's go. It, yeah. I knew what sound they'd make. I'd, I'd do it right now, but I can't. A Wolverine? Try it. Just off the top of your head. Let's see if it's accurate. Real scrappy. Like, I don't even feel like they make noise. They just they beat the target. Ah, they got to make noise. <laughs> I love being able to talk you into things. I have no idea what sound a Wolverine makes. Have you seen those though? Do you ever watch those uh, like survival shows? Those things are terrifying. It's like a big, angry raccoon, but worse. The pasture, not pasture, but like a yard away from my house, and so they, like our parents always told us, like, hey, there's like a honey bat, like there's a badger in there, like a wolverine or something. So like as kids, it's like, well, stay the heck away from that hay barn because you don't want to be roaming in there. And all of a sudden, this badger comes out and gets you. And I know badger and wolverine are different, but at the same time, that's been like one of my fears as a kid is I'm going to be walking around our small town liberal. Bam, wolverine. What I want to know is how come in the Marvel universe there's not a comic book character that's a badger? He should be Wolverine's partner. Just <laughs> fighting crime or whatever it is. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna go ahead and branch off. What do we call it? Not Marvel. But I don't know. That's your department. You're the comic book guy. That's true. In this duo, because I'm not. <laughs> I have seen a handful of these comic book shows. Not. I think I've seen all of all of the Avengers ones. Yeah. So I I watched all those. But I'm at a point now. It's like I'm kind of done. It's too much. There's too much of a storyline. They're putting all the comic books into a movie, which is great. And they all turn out good from what I've seen. But now it's at a point where I'm tired of all these superhero stories. It's too it's too much to keep up with. You really have to invest in it. And if you get busy on a weekend, it's like, oh my gosh, I missed out. Now I don't know what's happening. That's what happened to me. It's like I was all in at first, and then I just kind of lost interest in it. Uh, But speaking of losing interest in things – we also saw some decommitments from Oklahoma, and now we're starting to see some of those kids recommit. And I do like this. I'm all about empowering these players uh, to do what they can. If they decide they want to go to a different school, no big deal. And I like this because we saw the nation's number two recruit, uh, Malachi Nelson. He's a quarterback out of California. This was a kid that was committed to OU and Lincoln Riley. And then on Sunday, we get the Lincoln Riley news that he's leaving for USC and almost immediately, like these kids, I think this is what I think happened immediately. The kids see this, they get in touch with a graphic designer and they're like, Hey, make me a graphic. I'm decommitting because all these kids had graphics ready to go. I don't even understand how it happens. We've tried to do stuff and be like, Oh, we need a graphic. This is going to take forever. Who do we contact? Where do we go to? Not them. They're on the ball. Uh, but Malachi Nelson, D commits Sunday evening, puts out the tweet and all that stuff. He is already committed now to USC. Uh, He's going to get to stay home, gets to play for Coach Lincoln Riley. And this is something that we were talking about on Monday as well, is that a lot of these players are going to do that. And I think that he's the first domino. I think a lot of players probably start with that quarterback, and they look to where he's going to go, especially some of these running backs, some of these receivers that they have. And that's what we're seeing happen. And Malachi Nelson, I think he's the first one. And, you know, USC, they're going to pull in a lot of these recruits. A lot of those kids that were going to Oklahoma, not anymore. Welcome to USC. Do you think Riley had that conversation with them prior to accepting that job at USC? Or was it all – was it a surprise to everyone equally? 
have you uh, have you seen these rumors going around about OU compliance? So they have their own Twitter account, OU compliance for like NCAA compliance rules. And they tweeted out yesterday the eye emojis. And there are rumors that one of the Oklahoma defensive back coach has been recruiting for both Oklahoma and USC at the same time. That he is, uh, what was I was reading about it earlier this morning, late last night, that he was going out on recruiting calls with Bob Stoops. That's how, like, I'm not talking about in season. I'm not talking about last week. Like this week that he was recruiting with Bob Stoops, going in, sitting in living rooms, talking to parents, talking about OU. But at the same time, he was making phone calls and sending text messages to players about like, hey, USC, <laughs> this is where it's going to be. Wow. So I, I don't know if there was just hope that he's going to be a part of USC. I don't know. Maybe he already has been, but it was the defensive backs coach. Um, pretty, pretty shady thing to do, yeah. honestly. And I know that I'm a, a bit of a OU hater. Um, I'll, I'll accept that and admit it. That's a pretty shady thing to do, though. I'm trying to recruit for both schools. You almost have to just remove yourself. And that's why everybody's so um, mad at Lincoln Riley. It's like you just have to immediately cut all ties. You can't say like, oh, hey, by the way, in two weeks, I'm going to take that job at USC. Now, you and I have both worked in real-life jobs where you don't get to put in a two-week notice. If you say like, hey, I'm trying to put my two-week notice in, by the way. I love working here. Thank you for everything. And they say, no, thanks. You're gone. You're done. Yeah. Don't log back into your computer. Don't talk to any of your contacts. You're done. That's kind of the way it works in college football. But with this uh, recruiting thing, it, it's going to be weird. I don't know if they. I don't think they get hit with much of a, a penalty. I don't know if they will at all. Um, I guess maybe you could look at cell phone records and maybe prove that he was recruiting for both schools, which was not a great thing to do. But at the end of the day, like. It's not that big of a deal. Was he hired by USC or planning to get hired by USC? Like, was he wanting to leave with Lincoln Riley? Nah, I assume. If he's recruiting for USC, homie's doing something. Uh, like, that's such a weird spot to be in, too. Even, like, these, you know, the, the coaching staff at Notre Dame, though. I heard Dan Patrick talking about it this morning. Of A lot of them don't really know what their next move is. And, they're like we talked about earlier, they're not playing this weekend. So they're just kind of sitting in limbo, like – all right, what do we what do we do? Waiting for that call from Baton Rouge to be like, hey, actually, we'd like for you to come down here. But, you know, there's a chance that they play in the college football playoffs. So I think a lot of those guys, like the position coaches, are kind of just hanging around, probably waiting at Notre Dame to see what happens with LSU. But it's crazy. I can never remember. And I, I'm not that old. I haven't been doing it this long, that long. But I can never remember a coaching cycle like this. To where right now the two open jobs are Notre Dame and Oklahoma. Yeah, I, I mean, we're gonna look back like five or six years. Like, man, remember that twenty twenty one coaching carousel? Holy yeah. Uh huh. I mean, by that time we'll be able to look back and go, who, who made the right decision? Who made the wrong decision? Mm-hmm. Um, with LSU because they are bowl eligible right now. How does that work with them? What Ed, what will Coach O get to do another like one more? I think he's done. Career? I think he's out. Uh, I think that he probably could. I don't know. Uh, I don't remember who it was, but I know one year I can remember a coach taking a new job and being like, yeah, I'm going to coach the bowl game. Like, I'm ready to be here. Let's do it. And I don't remember who it was, though. Did it go well? I think they won the bowl game. But, I mean, it's it's a possibility. But, like, right now with LSU, I don't know. I, I don't know what they would do if they're bowl eligible. Because you don't. 
you don't have much of a staff either. Like those guys knew they were going. So I don't know. I know I saw earlier that Brian Kelly's going to keep on one guy from LSU, but he wasn't even like a coach. It was more of like a recruiting coordinator type guy. Yeah, I did see that he's also going to keep the DB's coach. It's probably smart. So, yeah. LSU kind of known for being able to, yeah, get some defensive backs. Yeah. And, you know, another question that we've been asked a lot is like, what's going to happen with LSU? How, how successful can Brian Kelly be there? And after taking, you know, 24 hours or so to really like think about it, I think he's going to be very good there. Yeah. I do. They made a, he had like a, a welcoming intro. Or like uh, did he? I didn't see that. With the players. Is he in Baton Rouge? I haven't been keeping track. I don't know if he's being sarcastic. I'm being very sarcastic. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I maybe fired off some tweets yesterday. Oh, yeah, we're very aware. That, okay, yes. Yeah. So he had the, the like introduction meeting today with the LSU, or yesterday with the LSU players. Like, hey, I'm new head coach, Brian Kelly. And he's like, what makes me so excited about this opportunity is to coach the best players in the world in the best conference and help develop you guys with the mindset of, like, the president, the athletic director, everyone all in line of, let's go win a national title with the football program. And the way he was saying it was, I don't think, hopefully it didn't come across like a slap in the face of players that he had at Notre Dame. But maybe the like the school officials where it was like, hey, uh, like this is a priority here at LSU. At Notre Dame, yeah. it was kind of like one of those deals. Where, like, hey, do what you can with it. And that is that's one of those things at Notre Dame where all the restrictions that they have, it's tough and academically. Like to get in, they're not they're not bending those rules too much. Like you have to be able to be accepted into Notre Dame to play football there, and they're pretty good at academics there. And I also heard. Um, earlier that you know they're also in control of punishment of discipline it's there's no no coach o happening at notre dame where it's like oh we went directly to him and he kind of brushed it under the rug which is another thing that i know you know i'm passionate about i absolutely cannot stand looking at these tweets and these people praising coach o he is First F-bomb of the show. He's such a fucking douchebag. I hate Coach O. Like, can we look back? I know that he has a funny voice and, like, oh, he gets people riled up. He's the Louisiana guy. He covered up rape allegations. He is a terrible, terrible human being. I don't care if you think he's funny or charismatic. He's a bad person. Stop rooting for him. Stop with the, like, oh, going to miss Coach O at LSU. That man should be in jail. So that's how I feel about Coach O. Uh, if you're unfamiliar with that opinion, I have a very strong one on Coach O. So there it is right there. Don't like him. But I do think that with Brian Kelly, he's going to be able to come in and change that culture. They need a desperate change of culture at LSU. And that's with you know, a lot of these top college football programs. I mean, it even happened a, a little bit with our Texas Longhorns. These players come in and they feel like they can't be touched. So they feel like they won't get in trouble for things. They don't go to class. They're causing problems. That was a terrible situation at LSU. Now they come in. I think Brian Kelly can fix that. And if you can fix that and you can get more of these players bought in, because honestly, if you're looking at most of them, LSU's had a trend over the last couple of years of, oh, my God, this guy had an amazing freshman or sophomore year, and then he drops off his junior year. That's effort. Uh, and So they can get athletes down there, but they haven't been getting effort at LSU. I think Brian Kelly can do that. And I'm not saying that they're going to turn into like the Alabama where they're just dominating because those two teams are going to run into each other. But I do think they're going to be very, very good and that Brian Kelly is going to change things. He's going to be able to recruit much easier, 
now in, at LSU uh, than he is in South Bend, Indiana. I know those uh, Golden Domer helmets kind of recruit themselves. So does LSU, though. Especially in that area in the state of Texas and all that surrounding it, how long do you think it is until they're contending for a national title? Uh, I think three years. I think it's going to be that quick. I think same with USC. It's going to be a very quick turnaround. I think with USC, it might take a little bit longer because it feels like Lincoln Riley is already trying to build through high school recruiting and not the transfer portal. I would not be surprised at all if Brian Kelly attacked the transfer portal very hard and got himself a quarterback in there. But you know what? That's really, that's not even important, though. I was trying to make fun of one of my LSU friends and talking to him about, like, the quarterbacks that they've had at Notre Dame and how bad that they've been. And he's like, bud, this is LSU. We haven't had a quarterback except for Joe Burrow ever. Say, yeah. <laughs> so, okay, well, you make a very strong point there. Brian Kelly has been able to win without a quarterback at Notre Dame. No offense to the Ian Book stands, but those are facts. So I, I think he's going to do a very good job. The offensive line down there is going to be – Phenomenal and at defensive line too. And in my opinion, that's where you build championship football teams. It's not out there with shutdown corners. Those are nice to have. You got to have those big guys at the line of scrimmage and you're going to be able to do it at LSU. I mean, and the fact that he's getting those athletic linebackers type of safeties and all of they're just solid defensive players. If he's been able to recruit those consistently at Notre Dame over the last couple of years, you bring that to LSU, that's just another wrinkle to that defense that you're going to have to fear for other teams in the, in the SEC. Yeah. And I do think that with LSU, I think they go <clears throat> back up to the top very quickly. And like I said, three years, I think they're, com- I think if you're competing for an SEC championship, you're a national championship contender as well. Yeah. Like you look at what Georgia is doing. I assume they're going to stay. I, I don't know. You also have to wonder what's going to happen with realignment. Are they, when they add Texas and OU, like when is that going to happen? Uh, I think it'll be within the next three years. I think it kind of has to be. And then um, I do wonder what happens. I think Georgia and Alabama might be matched up together in the same division, but then you're going to get like Oklahoma, LSU, Texas, kind of that Western side of the map. But also the SEC is so traditional that they might just, I don't, I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if they separate Texas and OU. That would be a very dumb move. They might move somebody else. They might be like, hey, Florida, by the way, you're going over there where you belong. Yeah, because, I mean, they do they do east-west and the SEC, right? Yeah, but it's not like um, – it's not – if you looked at it on a map. Oh, yeah, because isn't Mizzou in the east? Mizzou is in the east, yeah. Which is like – Yes, west with Florida, yes. <laughs> which makes sense for Florida. But, like, yeah. how are those two teams in the same division? And it's because they wanted to keep those traditional. Fly over in Alabama and Auburn, uh-huh. Mississippi State, Ole Miss. Yeah. And Arkansas. <laughs> Arkansas is in the West. Which makes sense. But Mizzou is in the East. <laughs> Why didn't they just move away? Yeah, I think they do have to do a conference realignment there within the conference uh, to where they look at it. Or at least for me, it really drives me nuts. Like a little OCD that if you're going to call it East-West, it needs to be East-West. Yeah. Or north south, whatever it is that you do, it has to make sense to me. You have to rename the conference too, because you were like the southeast conference. Now I think they're still fine with Texas and OU. I don't think they will ever rename. Because even when they added, yeah, even when they added Mizzou, I I don't know that a lot of people realize where Mizzou is. I think a lot of people probably imagine that it's like in the southern part of Missouri. It's not. It's it is, up there. It's it Iowa. Dead smack in the center 
uh, Kansas City and St. Louis. Yeah. Like, that is the halfway point when you travel between those cities. I've reached Columbia another hour and a half. Yeah, a lot of people always wonder, because we are, we're right here in Joplin, Missouri, for those of you that maybe don't know. Uh, a lot of people have asked me, like, how come you're not a Mizzou fan? It's like, Mizzou? That's four hours away. I grew up poor. We were not going to Mizzou games, and they weren't showing that shit on TV. They showed Ricky Williams on TV. That's what I watched, and that's how I became uh, a Texas fan. Yeah, that's that's It's simple as that. And I think for you, you probably just probably had an older person that you looked up to in your life, and you're like, I'm going to follow in those footsteps and become a Texas fan. Yeah, I'm just a follower by nature. You know, I don't leave nothing. Yeah. No. Uh-huh. But honestly, though, it was because I saw you and Matt were Texas fans, um, and I had been watching them anyways because, once again, they were on TV, getting to see them play and how good they were, watching Vince Young and the transition of them winning a national title to going to Colt McCoy was like, heck, yeah, let's go. Yeah. So – and for me, it was just much, much earlier. Uh, let's get to some of our great sponsors that we have on this program, though. Uh, our first one, Miners and Monroe. Go check them out at minersandmonroe.com. You can use the code MikedUp10 and save yourself 10% off at checkout. I happen to love that particular store. It's more than men's clothing. I think we sold it a lot as like, oh, go find your flannels, your T-shirts, your hats. But I mean, watches, wallets, shoes, pretty much anything you could look for. As a guy, they have at minersandmonroe.com. Yep, next up, let's go with gunspot.com. Be sure to visit them for all your gun and ammo needs. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. Be sure you're positioned to protect you and your family in case any danger arises. No no reserved auctions. Again, gunspot.com is a place to go for all your gun ammo needs. And let's change pace a little bit here and look at the NFL. The NFL has been a little neglected this week. It is usually the powerhouse that drives most uh, talk, whether it's podcast, TV, radio, whatever it is. Uh, But college football reigns supreme this week. I loved it. Uh, But every week you do your big country power rankings where you power rank the top teams in the NFL. And this week you released yours uh, yesterday. Number one team in the NFL right now you have as the Arizona Cardinals. Yep. I just – the right now, like Kyler Murray's not even really playing. They're still dealing with some injuries, and they're winning football games, and they're taking care of business. Last week, they were on a bye. I get it. But when you look at the Bills and the Packers and the Bucks, they've been kind of struggling as of late within games. And the Cardinals, dealing with all the injuries that they have, they're still finding ways to win. And until then, yeah, they're going to sit right there top of the NFL. Yeah, and number two team. I, I saw a lot of people – or I think maybe I saw one person really mad about this on multiple platforms. The Buffalo Bills coming in at number two. Yeah. Uh, I I don't know. I guess I'm not offended by it, I, but I don't get like offended by a list or most people's opinion. But the Buffalo Bills, you caught a little bit of heat for this one. Yeah, they're just like, I don't understand, you know, just the love for the Buffalo Bills. And I don't know what you don't understand about the Buffalo Bills. they got a good defense, a decent offensive line that's been solid enough. And Josh Allen, who's played at MVP level this season, as of late, yeah, it's not looking so hot, but at the same time. But no one is. Yeah, it's the up and down part of the NFL. I mean, we have a whole other month of this season for the Bills to figure it out, and I think they will. They're still a good football team. Do they drop one to the Titans and then just a doozy to the Jacksonville Jaguars? Yes, it happens. It's the NFL. It's hard to go, you know, it's hard to win every game, and it's hard to lose every game. You're going to fall into one where you just have that trap lose or that trap win. That's just part of it. But I think Buffalo's still a solid team. And there's still one to fear in the AFC. Like at some point, I think it's going to be them 
I'm not going to get to that point. But I do think the Bills have an opportunity to land that number one seed in the NFC heading into the playoffs. Yeah, I still like the Bills quite a bit. They're one of those teams that I've just kind of always – I've always kind of rooted for them because of the mid-'90s Bills, of watching them get close and then fail. Even at the time, as a child, I was a Cowboys fan. But watching the Bills get so close and then fail four times in a row, it re- I really felt bad for them. Mm-hmm. And so I, I always have kind of liked the Buffalo Bills. Having them at number two, I also think it's going to be a very tough place to play. As we get into like, – it's December 1st now. Have fun traveling to Buffalo to play football. And I think that could be a case for the playoffs as well. I don't know if they can uh, do enough here to end the season to get home field advantage, but I think that you're going to play a couple games in Buffalo, at least to end the regular season, and then maybe a playoff game or two. That's going to be tough. And Josh Allen playing him in the snow is going to be tough. Uh, somehow he's underrated as a runner. Like people just forget how athletic he is. I mean, he's like, what is his rookie year, second year, and he's just hurdling linebackers? Or, I mean, with him, you also have to worry. Is he going to hurdle me? Is he about to jump over me? Or is he about to run me over? Because <laughs> yeah. you just don't know. Safety? I heard him talk about it a couple of years ago. Like, hey, you got to stop giving so much slack to these DBs and safeties when a quarterback runs in the open field because you got to remember, these quarterbacks are actually huge. Yeah, like he's, he's listed at 6'5", 237 pounds. That's terrifying. And I'm incredibly like, strong, too. Like a 5'10 safety that weighs 185 soaking wet. Mm-hmm. Now they're probably weighing a lot more, you know, in the 210 or whatever. That's an extra 20 pounds just coming right at you full speed. Because these guys are also pretty fast. Even if they're running four fives, four sevens, I'm not sure if you guys know, that's moving. <laughs> is it? It is. I know more than anybody. <laughs> you could run him four seven. Um, spoiler alert: You did not. No, look at my head. This is a really good effort, though. There was talk last night of you growing your hair back out. I know that we're not uh, on video right now, but there was talk of you growing your hair back out. I can tell you right now, that ain't happening. I am on the side of you should keep it shaved. I am as well. I mean, it's my head. Mm-hmm. I grow my hair back out. I already tried it once after I went bald, and I was like, "This is not looking good." It looks rough. I got a point where I could like fix it, and, like make it look somewhat decent. I was just like, "This is bad. This is not good." I think everyone will tell you that's one not of good. Those, like self-reflecting discussions in the mirror. My that's how you know I'm always going to have your back because even if it's the tough decision, I'm going to tell you the honest truth. I appreciate it. <laughs> Don't grow your hair back out. It looks good bald. Keep it that way for sure. Uh, but continue on on your power rankings. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of great hair, Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers coming in at number three on this list another very tough place to play another team that's i think they're playing pretty well of late yeah i mean even with aaron Rodgers dealing with this is it a fractured toe or just a toe injury i think it's an ingrown toenail no i'm kidding that but it's probably something that week (laughs) wouldn't that be the most aaron Rodgers thing i think i even saw him coming out and saying like oh it's it's so much worse than turf toe Maybe it is, but I just have a hard time believing him. No, probably just being old and running. What if a guitar string broke? Got him right on the toe. Hey, that hurts he seems like a no shoe guy. Do you have your first one break on you? What was the song? Not, not anything I want to brag about. Let's hear it, though. 
We're already there. <laughs> it's, okay, yeah, that's. Yeah. I don't play any musical instruments, but I have a brother that does, who plays like every musical instrument and is great on the guitar. But I can remember him being like, oh, try to play this song. This is an easy song. So it's not like, hey, this is my favorite song. I'm going to jump right into that. It's, I need to figure out some chords and figure out what's easy to play. And I cannot play the guitar, but I've had some guitar strings break on me. And when Taylor Swift dropped that lyric of like the guitar string scars, it's like, I relate to that as a guy who cannot play guitar. Cause I used to have a scar on my hand from listening to my brother play guitar while sitting next to him and having a guitar string break. And it hit me in the hand. <laughs> like I'm never doing this again. This is, this is tough. I'd rather go play football. <laughs> yeah. Playing a guitar too tough, but green Bay Packers coming in at number three. Yeah, they're still a good team. Like I said, even with the injury of Aaron Rodgers, he's going to be fine. Uh, I heard yesterday he mentioned something about possibly getting surgery on his toe, and if he does, he can do so in a manner of he's not going to miss any games. So that's, I guess, an option for him. But the Packers are still a good team. In my opinion, they are the team to beat in the NFC right now. They just took care of business against the Rams. The Cardinals, I know I have them at number one with the Bills at two, but I do think the Packers at three can eventually find themselves Right there talking about. And this was a team that we've been talking about all year of the this the last dance thing. They do have a pretty could be tough schedule to end the year. Uh, they get the Bears. Uh, it looks like they're on bye week. Then they get the Bears, the Ravens, Browns, Vikings, and then end it with pretty much another bye week. The Detroit Lions. It, it could be tough, or you know, a lot of these teams have been so inconsistent. Yeah. Uh, like the Bears have looked good at times then they don't. Same with the Ravens and the Browns who just played each other, and it looked like no one wanted to win that game, but then you know, I've seen those two teams play at other times during the season, and they look like Super Bowl contenders. The Minnesota Vikings, I never know who they are. This is like three years in a row where I'm like, oh, I think they might be good. Nope, they're bad. And as soon as my brain changes to, oh, they're bad, they start playing well again. Last week, they were flirting getting into the top 10, sitting at 13, and now they're at 16. They just can't figure it out. And it looks like Everyone's done with Kirk Cousins. Even their receiver, like Justin Jefferson, was visibly annoyed with uh, Kirk Cousins um, Sunday against the 49ers. Yeah, and I think that happens a lot with Kirk Cousins. Yeah. And just about any. It's like, I'm open, just make the throw. Yeah. You were running, you were drifting to your right, and you still can't make the throw. Mm-hmm. And uh, next team, number four on your list, is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, another team right there fighting for the NFC. Hey, they have Tom Brady, so as long as he's active, they're probably in the top ten. I mean, exactly. And I, I had them drop just a little bit due to the fact that they played a close one to the Colts and they, they almost lost it. But in true Tom Brady fashion, they find a way to come back and win, so they're still right here in the top five uh, of my power rankings. Next up, though, the Baltimore Ravens. I put them at five, but, man, it was kind of tough because I didn't want to have anyone else jump them. And I know they're winning games and they're taking care of business. This team is beat up, and they almost lost to the Browns. Mm-hmm. Like if Baker Mayfield is slightly more, is just a tad bit healthy, more than what he is right now, I think the Browns win that football game. Or if I mean Lamar Jackson, has Case Keenum starts, they might win that game. I mean, seriously though, it's like, and I don't mean to say that to be disrespectful to the Ravens or to Lamar Jackson, but and that's just not a game that they should have won. Like, you're not supposed to throw four interceptions and still win a football game. Yeah, it's it's hard to do, but that's also almost like. It's kind of a backhanded compliment. Like, yeah. you guys played terrible, but you still won. Mm-hmm. And without, like, a great running back 
I still think their receivers are not great. Mark Andrews is just like, yep, I'm going to put the team on my back, Greg Jennings style, and we're going to win this thing. But they did. They beat the Browns, and they have a pretty tough schedule coming up too. Again, there's so many inconsistent teams in the NFL, but they have to play the Steelers this week. Who knows? Like that's a rivalry, so I think you're going to get the best out of the Steelers. They could be, but I do think that I think that a lot of the guys on that roster are going to see the Ravens, and it's it's going to be exciting. But then they have the Browns, then the Packers, Bengals, Rams before they end the year with the Steelers. That might be one of the toughest. I haven't looked at everyone's schedule going forward. That's got to be one of the toughest ones going forward, though. I, and you're getting in a lot of division games. And then, oh, by the way, sprinkle in the Rams and the Packers. Yeah, I feel like there are a lot of teams in the NFL right now question fits of who are they are you good or are you bad you know are you real or are you fake yeah i think a lot of those questions are going to be answered this last month of the season and some people might hear that and be like well no duh austin i this is a season where that like that statement rings true for everybody i was gonna say this next team that you have uh the new england patriots Uh, i think a lot of people are wondering right there who are they because they've uh, ripped off a couple nice wins in a row but as we've talked about before, not great teams that they beat. I know they just beat the Titans, and I feel pretty good about that one. Again, I know it's without Derrick Henry, but I am going to give credit to the Patriots for winning that game because uh, they demolished them. Yeah. And we're going to find out a lot about this team when they play the Bills uh, this coming week. Yeah, and that's the thing with New England. They are sitting right here um, at number six, so congrats to them jumping up this high. Everyone's deeming them as the best team in the AFC right now, if you're not listening to any other national media sources. I think that's a little crazy talk, just because you really have to dig a little deeper into who they play. Granted, I also know you can only play who's on your schedule and who's in front of you. And if you're beating them and taking care of business, that's awesome. And that is what they've done. But like you said, Mel, this matchup against Buffalo this next week is going to be a true testament of who either one of these teams are. Next three weeks for New England is Bills, Colts, Bills. Uh, let's – a little more detail. At the Bills – at the Colts, and then at home for the Bills. That's so, yeah. It, then they end the year with the Jaguars and Dolphins, so they're probably going to pick up two more wins. I'm going to go ahead and say no. It's also it, it's very much a trap game anytime the Jaguars are playing. Not that you would be like looking ahead to the Dolphins necessarily, but I think when you see Jacksonville on the schedule, you kind of think, ah, it's okay. We're going to win this game. Yeah. Like maybe I will play PlayStation for a little bit longer. Maybe I will take, you know, a little extra time uh, to myself this week. Yeah. It's the Jaguars. They can get you, though. They got Buffalo. Um, it's the NFL, man. Uh, number 17 for you, the Los Angeles Rams. Yeah. There's so much talk, I almost called them the St. Louis Rams. The Los Angeles Rams right there in the logo – Come in at number seven. This was a team that you and I were both very high on to start the year, and it has not looked the same. And Matt Stafford has not looked the same. Um, I love to talk about my fantasy team. He's my fantasy quarterback, and things have not been going that well over the last couple weeks. And they've dropped three in a row. They do their team. They play the Jaguars this week. I kind of wanted to be dramatic with Rams and just take them out of the top ten because it has not been a good month in November. Yeah. It, like I said a little bit ago, it's now December, and we'll see what they are. But like Matthew Stafford is not looking good. You learned he's been playing through somewhat of an injury. You lose Robert Woods. I do think, I mean, clearly that was a bigger part of their offense than we all realized. 
what his value was, but like defensively, I don't feel like they've been able to slow anybody down. Yeah. Even with Von Miller being there and Aaron Donald. Oh, and Jalen Ramsey is one of the best corners in the NFL. I think I saw somewhere like whoever targeted him, I think it was like seven times. Like he was targeted seven times, and the receiver had six receptions for like 100 plus yards. And I was like, someone should be the best corner in the NFL now. Yeah. Like I understand that can be drastic or taken you know, way out of context sometimes. But like with the Rams, like, man, you guys got to get a lot figured out right now. Mm-hmm. Especially this month, because a lot of people have deemed you as like the team to beat, and you are getting everyone's best, but you're not playing your best football. Well, either. people were coming back around to Sean McVay, and you know, even I was thinking like, oh man, maybe it was a lot of Jared Goff was the problem. Now I I think that's a pretty fair question to ask is like, is he getting the most out of Matt Stafford, or is he just have a little bit better of a quarterback now? I I don't know. With Sean McVay, I've always kind of felt like he was overrated. Yeah, uh, next team here, the Kansas City Chiefs. For you, uh, you and I both Kansas City Chief fans, yeah. by the way. I mean, they're sitting at eight and last week, and they're on the bye this past week. And with the Titans losing and the Rams losing and the Bengals winning and the Patriots winning as well, it's like I didn't want to move the Chiefs and kind of upset any other fan base because, like, oh, why are the Chiefs ahead of them? Like, they didn't play. Like, I get it. So I just kind of left them in the same spot. We'll get to see who they are this next Sunday night. You know, they play Denver. And I mean, that's another team right there. We don't know. Have they maybe figured out because they're still winning football games? Like, yeah. decent teams. You smoked the Cowboys. You took care of the Chargers. Another team, again, that fits in the category. We don't really know who you are this season. But with Denver, that's a team you can't overlook. So, Kansas City, they had a good month in November. But those wins, I don't know how much credit we can really give to them. When you play an Aaron Rodgers-less Green Bay Packers, you know, a beat-up Dallas Cowboys team. Let's go play a Broncos team who's just kind of fired up and has a couple wins under their belts in the month of November ready to roll in December and take care of business as well. Yeah, I think so too. And having them at eight, I think that maybe they're a little higher than that, but it's like, who do you put them over? And I am a Chiefs fan, but I also think when you honestly look at them and the way that they've been playing, a lot of people have been praising their defense of late and they haven't played teams. They haven't played good teams to, for me to be confident and say like, yeah, that defense is playing good. Uh, sorry, you should beat the Giants. They have a terrible offense. Uh, the Packers, no Aaron Rodgers. You held them to seven points. I think the bigger concern with that game is you can only score 13 points. Uh, the Raiders, their next opponent, absolutely falling apart uh, with everything they have going on. So I don't, I'm not very confident in that win. And the Cowboys, as you've mentioned before, like they were very beat up that day. I think the Chiefs, uh, they won that game 19-9, to and a lot of the fan base and probably the players too were – kind of feeling themselves after that one, like, oh, my God, we're back. That was a term that is used way too much in sports. We'll find out, I, I think, a little bit more. I think if they lose this game to the Broncos, I, I think we're back to almost the starting point of what is wrong with this team. And for me, like I said, everybody's very excited about this defense. Where is the offense, though? Because it has not been showing up. Uh, that Cowboys, they had a good pass rush. You can only score 19 points against them, though. You only score 13 points against the Packers, 20 against the Giants. So where's the great offense that this team has been built around? So I do think that you know, for a lot of fans, they look at the Chiefs, and they're probably honestly probably mad that they're not top two, top three. But they just they haven't been playing that well. They've been winning, which is what you should do, but they haven't been playing well. And another team, Tennessee Titans. I, I was very excited about what they were doing. And then they get their asses kicked by the Patriots. So I, they're another team where it's like, I don't know. I want them to be good. I like them. 
they've dropped two straight. They lost to the Patriots, and then I forgot about this. They also lost to the Texans. Yeah. You can't do that. And that was an awful, pitiful game by Ryan Tannehill, too, when they lost to the Texans. But this last week, I mean, you have no A.J. Brown. You have no Julio Jones. We know Derrick Henry's out for this season. And it's just one of those situations where the Titans are just like, you're lucky that you won almost every game prior to these last couple of weeks. Because that tough stretch that you had where you beat the Chiefs, you beat Buffalo, you beat the Rams. I think there's another tough team in there that I'm missing on that four-game stretch. I think it was maybe the Colts that you were able to take care of business with. That's awesome. But right now, everything is falling apart. And so you've got to find a way to fix it or you're just going to keep falling down this list. For me, yeah. like, in my opinion. It's still, uh, again, without Derrick Henry, I I wonder how good this team can be moving forward. A lot of people, not so intimidated anymore. And the last team that we'll talk about today in your top 10 is the Cincinnati Bengals coming in there. Uh, This was a team that, as at the beginning of the season, was at the top of the AFC there for a little while. And they sit right now number two in that very good AFC North. They're seven and four. But they're another team that I just don't know if I'm ready to buy in on uh, because I, they had a, a little two-week stretch there where they lost to the Jets and got killed by the Browns. But then they come back, they beat the Raiders, they beat the Steelers, and they'll face the Chargers this week. Yeah, and I mean, they didn't just beat the Steelers. I mean, they just set them all crying. They whipped them, sent them to the room, shut the door, said no to dinner. Oh, Which yeah? How about that? I mean, seriously, though. <laughs> so you look at the Bengals, like, hey, just keep doing that. Or it's like you've got to look at the Steelers and be like, what's going on here? I know I said a little bit ago, like, I think they're just done. Like, it might just be completely over. But with Cincinnati, if you can just find a way to stay consistent on offense, this is going to be something to look out for moving like into the rest of the season. Like, yeah. they, the Cincinnati Bengals, in my opinion, are the team to watch the rest of the year to just see what happens. With they're Joe so young. Completely healthy. You know, how does Joe Mixon look? Like, he's starting to run the ball strong. He's effective in the passing game as well. Jamar Chase is still a weapon. You know, some of the other receivers are starting to get targets in the end zone and catching touchdowns. And the defense hasn't been atrocious. They've been getting stops and turnovers and getting after the quarterback and, you know, creating interceptions. And, again, Bengals, in my opinion, are the team to watch the rest of the Senate Interesting note. Uh, I think one place you should also watch for the rest of the season is at Club 609, one of my favorite bars. I, and I, I was thinking about this last night, actually, when I was in that local establishment. I didn't really know if calling it a bar does it justice. No. It is so much more than that. It's a destination. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Uh, for dropping Mo, if you're coming this way, anywhere close. I think if you're in within an hour radius of Club 609, you should stop in there. Seriously. If you don't, you've messed up. And we're not just saying that because they're sponsored. Like, I feel like we would say that even if they were. They are a sponsor because after six years of very committed service, we partnered with them. Like, that's what they are. They are a partner, not a sponsor. I love that place. Go check them out for their two-for-one drink specials. Happy hour. Check this one out. From 2 p.m. until 8 p.m. every weekday. And on Saturdays, they go a special happy hour. 11 a.m. until 8 p.m. at the greatest establishment in the world. Yes, sir. Next up, Downtown Lube. Be sure to visit them at downtownlube.com for their full list of services. They do specialize in tires and lube, but they are much more than that. Again, be sure to visit them right here in Joplin, Missouri on 1st and Main. You can visit their website at downtownlube.com. Yep, and the last thing that I did want to get into today was uh, some senior bowl talk. Uh, We talked about it yesterday. Uh, on the podcast, but I, I do want to talk about it today specifically uh, in 
with our new listeners to call in too. So many frequent questions about like the process of the senior bowl. And it's great because it's open to fans or maybe not even fans is a great term, but also people like trying to get their foot in the door with either draft scouting or the NFL coaching. It is a great time to go down there. This is not a paid sponsor. This is not a partner. It's just a really cool spot to be at. As we announced yesterday, we're going to do a little stick to football meetup in Mobile uh, that Wednesday of Senior Bowl week. That will be uh, very exciting. Uh, get to talk to Matt and Connor again, all three of us being in the same place. But you and I will also be there doing a lot too. And one of the questions that I always get asked is, should I go if I don't have a media pass? And I think people don't believe me when I say this. I haven't used my media pass for the Senior Bowl the past three years. The only thing that that media pass does for you, and it's great. I Some people like to feel like that credential. They like to get credentialed so they can go. Uh, but that shouldn't stop you from going. What that's going to do is that's going to allow you access to go interview players on the field directly after practice. Yeah. And if that's something you want to do, then yes, try to get credentialed. Because that is, I mean, as someone who's done it, I'm not trying to be like, oh, Brad, it is really cool. It is cool to go down there and see some of these players like directly in front of you. You truly understand like the freakish nature of these athletes. Yeah. Like, you can look in the stands and you see all these other men you know, and women as well, kind of just sitting there hanging out, watching the scouting. And then you see the players and you're like, I see the difference. I understand why these guys are the best. So you did that and still thought you could run a 4-7? You know, that's <laughs> just a little hindsight. That's a solid I don't want to throw you all the way under the bus, but it's like you did that and then still said. Because yeah, I look over and I'm like, I'm the same size as this guy. Mm-hmm. Almost. Speed. Mm-hmm. No. Nope. Not even close. But you're right. But I do think another thing when you say like, you get to get, I'm sorry, I, I call spade a spade here on mic up. I think another thing people think of when I say, like, you get to go down and interview players, as you've done before as well, you're not grabbing them for 30 minutes. You're getting a question in. It is at like a media press conference. It's not like a real interview where you're going to get, like, one-on-one time with these players. If you are, congratulations, you got the punter from Tulane or, you know, San Diego State. As cool as it is to be down on the field and like ask some questions and possibly talk to them, they're also trying to make money. They have a pretty rigid schedule. It, it very much is. Like this is their opportunity to make millions of dollars. Yeah, and they're not trying to be disrespectful, but like you've got NFL scouts coming up to you, like, "Hey, we want to interview you. Come in at six, and like that's it. Like the scout's going to walk by, say that directly to them, and now that player has to remember, shit, I have a meeting with the Patriots at six. What time is team meetings done?" Then you're asking a question of, like, if you're on an airplane and someone's sleeping, how do you get off? Like, how do you handle that situation? I use that example because I've literally heard a report <clears> a quarterback that Jared Stidham, he handled it flawlessly. But I was sitting there like, that's such a weird question. Oh, there's so many weird ones. Million, like, is mm-hmm. sitting here for an opportunity to make millions and that's your It question. sucks, too, because you see so many guys, either from teams or media, but really mainly teams, mm-hmm. uh, they'll throw you for a loop. They'll, they'll throw that play action in there and they will want to be seen talking to a certain player. Yeah. They, I, like the Browns used to be the team that I always saw like, Oh God, they're talking to him. No interest in him at all. And uh, you know, this year, another great thing about the senior bowl. Again, if you're thinking about going, do it. I, I think it's a great experience. If you like football and I was telling our buddy Cole about this last night, the schedule for the senior bowl is um, 
you wake up that first day, maybe you're a breakfast eater, you go get some lunch, you watch the practices uh, for one team. There's a little bit of a break in between. You watch the practices for the next team. So we're looking at about five hours right there of watching football. And then after that, you're going out, you're going to a dinner, you're getting some drinks. That's going to turn into a late night. So then we're forgetting about breakfast the next day. You're waking up and you're going to lunch. Then you're immediately going to practice. Then you're immediately going out to dinner, out to drinks, and you're going to repeat that the next day. It's, it's a phenomenal experience. It is. And it's not like you're going out partying. Still- <laughs> a little bit. I mean, you are, but at the same time, like, you're talking with people. It's not like you're in a club. Like, mm, mm, mm. like you're having, like, just natural yeah. conversation with people and discussion over drinks. Yeah, and there's no telling who you're going to run into. Seriously. Uh, down there, uh, but and I don't. The stories that don't come out of Mobile are maybe the most amazing part about that entire week, because everybody sees stuff going on, stuff that shouldn't be, but it's just not talked about. Like nothing too bad, but like some questionable behavior, maybe thinking a little different about people's character afterwards, uh, but also a lot of the great players that are going to be down there. Uh, I'm very excited about it. I know we were talking about some of the quarterbacks, and I think that's where it starts. Like Their whole saying is the draft starts in Mobile. It also starts with the quarterbacks. And this year, there's not a QB1. There's not that Trevor Lawrence in this draft. Uh, there's not a Justin Fields in this draft or Trey Lance or <laughs> Mac Jones. Uh, there's just not very many good quarterbacks. And two of them that are going to be there are Malik Willis, the quarterback out of Liberty, and Desmond Ritter, the quarterback out of Cincinnati, one of the six guys going to the Senior Bowl there. I think that makes it really interesting because those two guys are competing for QB1. And if it's not QB1, it might be QB2. But draft status can change so drastically this year, especially with these two guys. And for Malik Willis, these, they're not like small schools, but they are at the same time. Uh, Cincinnati, obviously not like a Power 5. That's what we've been talking about them all year because they're not a Power 5. And then Liberty, I think Malik Willis is also going to have to face some questions of, oh, you played at a smaller program. But I think getting to watch him live is going to be huge. And I think when a lot of people start to see him in the way that he plays, his athletic ability and arm strength, he's going to wow people. But I also think with Desmond Ritter, he's going to go down there. He's going to show uh, good athletic ability, good arm strength but also amazing leadership. I'm predicting that he's going to be that guy that takes control of the practices. As like, hey, this is what we're doing. This is how we do it. Uh, he's just, he's that kind of player. You think he'll be able to showcase like his game management style of like, okay, hey, let's get everything rolling, keeps everyone in line, like you mentioned, that leadership style. Yeah, I'd say not like team. I'd say team management, not game management. Uh, like, yeah, I'm the guy that people are going to turn to. You ask me the questions if you don't know what's going on. And that's such a big deal of the Senior Bowl is watching how guys practice. And I've even heard Jim Nagy talking about it. I was like, look at how people gravitate to him. Not Desmond Ritter specifically, but like other quarterbacks. It's like you can tell he's the alpha in the room. People are going to him. And I think that Desmond Ritter is a guy that can can do that. I also think that Kenny Pickett out of Pittsburgh, you need to accept that invitation yeah. like today. I, I don't know what we're waiting for. I know that we've seen some other pit players do it. What? Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, yeah. Uh, no. Uh, but I, I do want to see a guy like Kenny Pickett 
uh, another senior guy, a six-year senior. He's been in the league forever. He's went to school longer than Perry Ellis did at KU. Uh, but I want to see him accept a bid to the Senior Bowl because then you are really getting three guys that it's like one of you could come out as QB1. Uh, another guy that we talked about is Sam Howell at North Carolina. He's just a junior, but he's on pace to graduate. And uh, NFL has a rule. If you're a junior and you graduate, you can go to the Senior Bowl. I think that would be huge for a guy like Sam Howell, who came into the season as like a QB1, QB2 candidate, and then kind of dropped off. And North Carolina had a couple losses, and that hurt his draft status. He's also a guy that we've talked about before. I don't know how this keeps happening. He has multiple 100-yard games rushing. Yeah. What's happening there? No, I need to see that live. Like, is he actually athletic? Because he's, he's built like Baker Mayfield. But it's like, is he sneaky athlete? I don't know. But I hope we find out. Clearly, yeah. Has to be. And then um, my guy, Carson Strong out of Nevada, uh, is another guy that I hope gets gets the invite. I'm sure he has, but I, I want to see him accept it. And it's not just uh, you know quarterbacks either. The tight end class, I know tight ends maybe not the sexiest of positions. I think this is the best tight end class I've ever seen at the Senior Bowl. Really? Yeah. Uh, a lot of people have Trey McBride as tight end one, and he's going to be there. And just the last couple tight ends that have come out have all been juniors and haven't been able to get to the senior bowl, but you know, Charlie Kohler, another one from Iowa state, he's massive. Jeremy Ruckert at Ohio state. I think they might have grabbed like some of the top guys at tight end. So that's exciting. They have some other dudes at receiver, even Jahan Dotson out of Penn state. I think he's going to be very good. So I'm very excited about what the senior bowl is going to be this year, and it's just going to be exciting to be back down there. It is every year, but I did want to get to some of those questions. I, I know a lot of people have been asking me, at least, about, like, what's the schedule like? What What's going to happen here? Do I really need a pass? No, uh, you can get one if you need one. I've seen some people get credentialed, and I'm like, really? <laughs> they gave you one, huh? How about that? Uh, I don't feel so special about mine anymore. And that's when I just shove it in my backpack, and, like, I'm going to I'm gonna not maybe pull this one out. Yeah, no, I'm not going to. Another uh, a little tip for the Senior Bowl, don't wear your press credential around. You don't want to take that off after practice. Yeah. Don't be that guy, pal. Don't be that guy. Uh, but that is it for us today uh, on our first episode on the call and app. We will be back, we will be back tomorrow uh, at 10 a.m. We're going to do this thing and try to get it figured out. Uh, we'll schedule another show, but that's it for us today. Don't forget about our great sponsor here to end it. Roper Kia, you can go in there, check them out, look at their inventory online. If they don't have what you're looking for, they'll help you find it. And if you mention us here at Mic'd Up, they'll give you $1,000 off your nicer, newer 